Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome. We're back to another edition, or should I say episode, episode of In the Author's Corner with our guest. And tonight we have on our guest, Kathy McDaniel, who, <laughs> beyond no control of on our hands, she was, here, she was here before and we couldn't get the, the, the studio to work. Nevertheless, she's here tonight and we're excited and ready to go. Kathy, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. I'm so glad that you're back. I'm so glad you're back. Before we go into you, <laughs> let's just let the audience know that they are welcome to call in and ask any questions or com- uh, <laughs> leave any comments. The number to call yes. in is 515-605-9812. See, I heard Kathy willing, to, willing and ready to <laughs> Take some comments. Oh, you betcha. Oh, very good, very good. Let's go ahead, Kathy. Let's go ahead and talk. Tell the audience a little bit about you, please. Uh, about me personally, I'm now living in the Pacific Northwest, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an author. I, I just finished uh, publishing a book last June about my life before, during, and after a distressing near-death experience. And those type of experiences are less common than the plain NDEs in that there's generally, um, there can be hellish experiences, disturbing uh, in other ways, but definitely not the regular NDE where there's angels and flowers and music. Um, There's only about approximately one in five have something that's more on the disturbing side. And we really aren't sure of that percentage because most people that have that are not real eager to talk about it. I see. Okay. Well, before we go any further, let's tell the audience how you have put it into a book and what's the title of that book, please. The title is Misfit in hell to heaven oh. expat it's kind of a mouthful but it has a lot of meaning <laughs> because i didn't quite fit in in hell and then when i got finally got to go to heaven for a little while i was told mm-hmm. i had to come back because i had too much left to do so i felt mm-hmm. like i got thrown out of heaven and sent back mm-hmm. here. And the definition of an expat, that means expatriate, is yeah. somebody who works in one country and then, I'm sorry, cool. someone who lives in one country and then cool. works in another. And then when they finish their work, they go back to their home country. And I believe that yeah. everybody's home is heaven. Well, God made it possible for them to go to heaven. Now it's up to them to, to make a decision. And there are many people who are not making decisions to go to heaven. But let's pray for them. Anyhow. We'll pray for them. But um, I I got kind of a different take when I was up there. I was 
really kind of enlightened to the fact that, uh, that we pick our own lives, that we come down here to learn lessons, that yeah. God is an all-loving God, and he will not yeah. condemn anybody. Uh, the only way we can condemn ourselves is to believe that we want to be either away from God or that we are told while we're growing up through our religious beliefs or our family beliefs that we are destined to go to purgatory. In my case, I was a Catholic. And we were taught that pretty much anybody that wasn't a Mother Teresa was going to spend some time in purgatory getting their sins (laughs) burned off. And I've learned firsthand that's not true. Oh, really? I am like a, like you. Really? I'm a Catholic too. You up with that? Uh-huh. Purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah wow. No. Uh, no. Because if you really think about God being all loving, all forgiving, it doesn't yeah. make sense that He would ever judge us. He loves us just the way we are, and that there must be some other answer to that. And and I found that the answer was I expected to go to purgatory and um, I wasn't disappointed. That's what I chose to do. And so my, one of my messages is to come back and tell people, <clears throat> you don't have to do that. Uh, if you really understand that God loves you unconditionally and that we do the best we can when we're here. And then when we go home to heaven, yes, there's a life review, but it's not something that's, God judging us, it's just a chance to really re-review, re-look at what we did on earth, how we impacted other people, uh, our kindnesses, maybe our shortcomings. And it's just a matter of of looking at it and saying, wow, I could have done better here. I did really good over here. But it's it's not a judgmental thing. (laughs) God is a lot kinder than people give him credit for. Oh, really? Well, I know a lot of people say they believe in Jesus and they're constantly using Jesus' name, but I don't know what they're doing in the action. I mean, I'm not here to judge anyone. But the point is this. I was raised, I'm sure you were too as a Catholic, that we had three choices when we die. We either go to hell, go to heaven, or wait to get into heaven (laughs) in purgatory. And I know many people don't believe in that. And I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um, Again, I used to believe that too. And that's what put me in that position in the afterlife. So um, I love Jesus. Jesus is my best friend. Uh, We are all his, his brothers and sisters. And um, my belief is God. We're all attached to God too. I mean, it just started with God big. uh, He's, Spirit and, and our little human minds can't wrap around what all that entails, but we are all pieces of God's spirit. Jesus is probably a really big piece. I don't know the details. All I know is that he showed us how to live. He showed us how to trust mm-hmm. in God, and he came to show us how to um, take care of one another. I mean, it was very simple. Love God and love your neighbor. And uh, it's just that simple. We don't need to be judgmental. I think a lot of the religious dogma and all that kind of came about over, well, 2,000 years of things getting kind of 
mixed up. There was a lot of power that came in and out of the churches. Uh, and it wasn't, it was religion, not spirituality. Okay. I understand that. Yeah, I can understand that. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> when did you start writing the book? Oh, what, what, what inspired you to write the book? Well, I had this experience 21 years ago, and I uh, went to my own self-made purgatory, and it was a a rip-snorter. It was terrible. And finally, uh, I got out of there, and I found myself undeniably in heaven, all the people that talk about the the joy and the the peace and the love, and you can't describe it with human words. It's so wonderful. And I also got to see my best friend who had died a month before I had been caring for him for about six or seven months while he went through leukemia treatments and he died and it was devastating to me. And that's when I, I was so run down from that and I got really ill and ended up in the hospital with uh, pneumonia that went into ARDS, which is uh, lung failure. It's, Pretty much the same ticket that people that are going through with uh, COVID experienced. So I was on mm-hmm. a ventilator for about three weeks, and in that time I crossed over. And uh, when I saw him in heaven, I was so excited because he looked great and he looked young and, and healthy, and that was the first time that I realized that I was dead. I mean, before that, mm-hmm. you know, because our our self, our consciousness, our soul, our personality, that is not in our brain. That's in our consciousness. And so when our body falls away, what's left is us. It's the real, pure us. So I never Mm. felt like I was dead. But when I saw him, I knew he was dead. And I thought, well, if he's dead, I'm dead. And I was so excited. I was so happy. I was so, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in heaven. And I just wanted to go running and and experience the whole thing. And uh, he said, no, sorry, you've got too much left to do. And I thought, oh, this is the worst news I ever got. I don't (laughs) want to leave here. But I just got sent back and boy, opened my eyes and I'm in it. ICU unit with a ventilator and, and, and my family's there and, and I weigh 86 pounds because I withered away to nothing and I was furious and it was a good thing I couldn't talk because I was so mad. Later, my mother, she's, for about six months, it took me to get grounded again. I did not mm-hmm. want to be here. And yes. it took me about six months before it dawned on me that I'd better get up off my chair and go get whatever this, all this has, you know, that I had done to do so I could go yes. back home, which is heaven. And so um, I was pretty uh, cranky <laughs> with everybody. And, no. and they would say things like, oh, we had a prayer circle going around the world that, that was praying for you to recover and and we did this and we did that. And I said, boy, if I ever get this sick again, don't you dare save me. And my mother, who just about had it with me, said, don't worry, honey, we won't. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, I had to really turn around. 
I had to turn around and look at life in a very different way. Um, And uh, it took me about 10 years to find a group called IANDS. That's I-A-N-D-S. That stands for the International International Association for Near-Death Studies. And they're in Seattle, which was, you know, an hour away from me. Um, Of course, they have meetings all over the world, but... Uh, the the original group was up there, and I I I got uh, talked into going to it because somebody knew how how crabby I was about this whole thing and thought I needed to find people <laughs> like myself that might cheer me up a little bit. So that was wonderful. To, to, there's thousands and thousands of people who have had near death experiences that are on the earth right now, and they have been mm-hmm. documented ever since early history. Um, a lot of people have them and it's, it's a blessing. And I think God sends us, we're like, like apostles almost. He sends us back and tells us we have to share his love and share his message that he is all loving, that he is all forgiving. And people need to understand that and their lives will be so much lighter if they're not always worried about sin, because he will forgive us no matter what. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of us out there, that's for sure. And that that made me feel better. (laughs) It looks good. I've been using a phrase that that I haven't found in any religious documents. I say perfect, uh, God is a perfect parent, because he does everything that Ah. we need to have, and he makes it, he lays it out for us, and he says, Harry, now go take care of it. And if you mess, if you mess up, I'll still take care of you. Does that make sense? That's right. That it does. Well, that's the prodigal son. That's my favorite, you know, Bible um, yes. story is the prodigal son. Yes. I mean, that kid, you know, wasted everything. He became immoral. Yes. He he came back, and, and he just didn't even expect his dad to forgive him he just wanted a place to sleep and eat and of course that dad he went running out to meet him and wrapped him in his arms and that's exactly the truth that's the that's the best story for me in the bible Um, it really rings true it makes sense to me yes yes let's back up a little bit please because you have seen something that none of us well many of us i should say because there are still others like you who have been Suppose or had an air that experience, but what does the body look like or the soul looks like or what is it? Is it, how, how do we recognize people? What kind of shell? <laughs> do we I what, I love I love that question because the whole time I was up there, of course, I didn't have a mirror, and yes. all I know is that I saw my friend who had looked. At near death, he'd, he'd lost his hair. He was all purple and swollen. He was sick, and he was 53 years old, and, and he was just unrecognizable. But when I saw him in heaven, he looked 35. He had his hair wasn't gray. It was, it was, it was, he was like, you know, around Jesus' age is all I can put it at, you know, in, in the prime of his life. And he looked just like him. In fact, he was wearing a sweater I had given him for the Chris, for Christmas. So mm-hmm. I think, um, and then, and the other funny thing is kind of funny. My, my dad passed away from COVID last month and mm-hmm. he was almost 97 
And we, since he was elderly, still sharp as a tack, he, we had a lot of conversations about uh, heaven and, and what to expect. And I told him, don't worry about it. You know, you're, you're going to close your eyes and, and some of your relatives will come greet you and you'll go up and you'll be so happy. And I said, be sure and give my daughter she died when she was two days old, little Lori. I says, you'd be sure and give her a kiss for me. And he says, but, but Kathy, I won't recognize her. I said, she'll find you. Don't worry about uh, it. And there's just souls know one another. Um, do you ever have the experience like you meet somebody for the first time and you kind of say, don't I know you? Yes. yes. And that's, that's, what I've been told is a clue that that is one of the people you kind of hang out with in heaven. You do know each other on a soul level that you agree to meet at a certain time in your lives. Sometimes you, it's somebody that you'll be very much involved with. Other times it's somebody that you'll just knock up against and, and you just get that feeling, you know, them. and that's just a clue that that's somebody that, you know, as a soul, and they've recognized you and you've recognized them. So it's just you don't need a body. Uh, your soul is you, and you recognize each other. That's what I was coming to say because you didn't answer for me. <laughs> now you did. Now you did. Because if we have a soul, our body is for the earth and our soul is for the heavens or the aftermath. So that's what happens. Yeah. Our, 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 our physical body becomes a spiritual body. Oh, soul? You don't, yeah, you don't need a body. Uh, you just, your soul is just who you are. It's kind of like, I figure my body's like a car. My car gets me around. <laughs> it keeps me warm. It, you know, it's, it's my car. And then when I don't need my car anymore, I'll put it in the garage and I'll just go on my way because I can still walk. I can still do all those things. So a soul can mm-hmm. still move and, and, and be, and uh, it's really you. And it, like I say, it was so weird realizing that I was dead because I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't feel mm-hmm. any different at all. It was really would nice other, not to lose yourself, you know. Would other people who, do not, who did not know you when you were on earth, did they recognize you or come up to you? I, was, I wasn't allowed to see anybody else because they sent me back mm-hmm. too quick. But of all mm-hmm. the hundreds of people I've heard talk about, in ions and uh, who have had near-death experiences. Some of them have seen a lot of people, you know, a lot of people they know. And, and this, hold on to your hat, people that they've met in prior incarnations. Oh, really? So God, God recycles. Uh, we get a chance to plan a life on earth, come down, and then go back, and you can come back again. I'm told there's other planets. There's other universes, and you can pick to go somewhere like that. So it's we just kind of recycle, uh, and you get to choose. Nobody ever forces you to go anywhere or do anything. It's, you know, at, at one time I thought, well, okay, so I die and go into heaven. Then what? It sounds boring. <laughs> you just sit around yeah. and sing and play harps. How boring is yeah. that for all eternity? And so yeah. this really helped me to um, understand, oh, no, you are so busy up there with all your friends and people you know and planning your next trip, 
you know, it's like, let's plan a trip and go to Europe, you know, okay, but, but that's what you do. And so for eternity, you get to learn things and, and, mm-hmm. um, oh, I, I, people just that have gotten to stay for a long time, come back with incredible knowledge, uh, things they couldn't possibly understand from where they were in this world before. Um, there's this whole sense of downloading inspiration from heaven that a lot of the people that have lived on our earth, like um, oh Jules Verne or Beethoven or some of these people that come up with heavenly ideas, unbelievable ideas that change humanity mm-hmm. for the better, are inspired mm-hmm by God, inspired by um, spirit to, mm-hmm. to bring things to the earth and make things better. It's all, I won't say well planned out. I'm saying that the people, when you're in heaven, you, you just, I, it's just so hard to explain with inhuman terms. Yeah. It, this is like yeah. a play. You sign up for this play and you're going to play this role and you're going to do these actions. And then when the play is over, you go home and it was still a wonderful play and you enjoyed all the actors and all the things that you learned and the fun that you had, but, and you take that with you back to heaven, but then, you know, you can do it again. Some people don't do it again for a long time, but that's another tricky thing. There's no time up there. Mm -hmm. And that's really a weird experience to go through all kinds of situations like I was when I had the hellish experience. I was in different parts of my hell that were mirrors of the terrible things that happened to me on this earth. So when I got back and had a time to look back on it, I thought, oh, that was a terrible time in my life. No wonder what was part of my hell. But, um, yeah, it's the whole thing is just fun. And if anybody wants to learn more about it, they can certainly go on to the Let's see, I-A-N-D-S dot org. And there's more stuff than you can imagine uh, with speakers, uh, free um, seminars and uh, discussion groups. And we have conferences every year. And I'm telling you, there's people that used to be avowed atheists that are, there's a neurosurgeon that's very uh, good. There's doctors, there's, there's all kinds of, clergy, all kinds of people that have had these experiences and come back mm-hmm. and, and they know that there's a God. They know. And they know this one particular fellow, Eben Alexander, who is a neurosurgeon, he, he was a devout atheist. And when he went and had this long, 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 long experience and came back with all Mm. kinds of information and knowledge, he went right to his doctors and says, I want to see my brain scan. And when he (laughs) looked at that and there was absolutely no activity in his brain for the entire time he was out, but he remembered every single minute of this long involved journey that he took. He was a believer because he knew that was not his brain that remembered. It had to be his spirit or his consciousness. Oh, I, I'm getting away from the book and being an author and all that for a moment because I, I'm very much impressed with what you're saying and it's making a lot of sense. The point I wanted to ask you at this point is this. If a person is, I don't know, how, I don't even know. I had it in my mind now, you know, how to pose it. Um, 
people people on this earth are all kinds, all religions, all backgrounds. When they're, how does that work? Getting getting through the filter. Do people have to be filtered to get to heaven? I guess that's about have to be what filtered. They have to pass. Yeah, pass God's God's approval. Nope, (laughs) nope. And you know that really ticked me off as a Catholic. I thought, wait a minute. I've been told I have to do this, 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 and this, Mm -hmm. and believe this Mm -hmm. way, or else I don't go to heaven. And then you get up to heaven, and God loves everybody equally. And it's like, well, that's not fair. (laughs) That's because I'm a human. Uh, To God, he's looking at me like I'm a little two-year-old saying, that's not not fair. My sister got a bigger piece of cake. You know, it's like, you don't get it, Kathy. It's like, open it up, make it bigger. And the thing that bothered me at first, I thought, well, wait a minute. Well, what about people that, that choose to come down and do something evil? You know, all right, what about somebody like Hitler? You know, what about that? How, how can he go to heaven? And I got the answer. Everybody just kind of chuckles with me because, you know, a lot of these people have, have been in, in irons for a long time and they understand all this stuff. But when you go to, go to heaven to stay, I wasn't there long enough, but a lot of people have had a life review. And I says, oh, you mean like you get judged by God? They said, no, 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 no. You are not judged by anybody. You have a couple of of um, angels, guardians, whatever you want to call it, stand with you to support you as you get to see this incredible, uh, they said it was almost like a disco ball, which you you watch different parts of your life. Every second of your life went by and you got to see how you did. You could see the, the times that you did wonderful things and you can see the times when you went, ooh, I really shouldn't have done that. And you just get to experience experience it. That's all. You're just mm-hmm. learning. Okay, that's what I did. And I says, oh, and they said, wait, that's just half of it. And I says, what do you mean? He says, well, you turn it around. And now you get to be, you get to feel all the actions that you put, you put on other people. So if you were kind mm-hmm. to somebody, you will feel that person feeling you being kind. If you were mm-hmm. rotten to that person, you will feel how how terrible that felt when you said that to them. And that's not to punish you. It's just to enlighten you as to how we all affect one another day in, day out with every person we meet. We have to be conscious of that. We have to be, you know, take our responsibility for that. And then that's when that whole thing with Hitler came in. I thought if he had to stand up there and not be judged, but he will feel Every speck of horror and pain and confusion that he caused every single one of those people, he will get to feel that. Now, that is not God punishing him. That is him becoming aware of his actions. When you were speaking a minute ago, something came across my mind. Even animals who do not speak our language, but they have a sense of interacting with whoever is on this world, you, whether we be human beings or other animals. But I've been looking at some of the videos online that shows people who are sympathetic, uh, helpful, would, hurt, would help a child, help an animal, 
and an animal, a duck, a bird, whatever it is, would come back to say thank you. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. I knew it. Animals can have that kind of emotional reaction, but they do, don't they? Yeah, people I've talked to uh, have seen dogs and cats in heaven, uh, pets, all kinds of pets. Um, they they have consciousness. They're, they've got a different piece yes. of God in them, you know, than, yes. than we do. And we, ch- we chose to come down as humans. So right now you and I are speaking as humans, but then the animals also have um, souls. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, all I know is what people told me. Yes, they, they see their pets generally are with them. Um, interesting, yeah, yeah. Well, even though we may here on Earth see uh, very vicious animals, if that animal is in need of help and a human being helps him or her, that animal comes back. That, I'm sure you've seen it on, on uh, YouTube or somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know this mm-hmm. guy who raised uh, him. Uh, I think he was in France. He was in Europe. Then he... The, the, the lines he had, I think it was two, got too big, so he had to put it into a, a, a place in, in in Africa. And then a couple mm-hmm. years later, he went back, and the two lions came running to him and jumped on him as if they were looking. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It really I know. It yeah. just brings you to tears. It's, it's wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Anything yeah, is really amazing to me, God is such a loving God. He knows what's going on before we even know it. And he knows what needs to be done. And he told his son something that we couldn't handle. I know we couldn't handle it. But he told his son, go to earth, suffer on earth, do all that things and obey me. And then our people or his children, I guess you would say, would be um, redeemed. And here's this man, grown up, and he's God, but he's also a man on earth because he was obedient to his father. And it was a horrible thing. I mean, he almost couldn't handle it. But thank God he's God, and he handled it. And because of that, we have an open door now to go into the fridge or the kitchen or whatever, and God will let us know what we need. And if we don't need to have enough completed here on earth, then he will send us back. So that's amazing. I'm being enlightened so many ways tonight, Kathy. Not even talking about the book. We're talking about the experiences. Thank you. Uh, that's all right. That's why I was sent back. I was sent back to not make money yeah. selling a book, but to send get out a message of God's love and forgiveness yeah. and, and just kindness and to tell us how to live, and that's to follow Jesus's um, um, example. I mean, he was a loving and kind person, and that's what we need to be too. I was given several words when I got back to um, if I because I said, please God, I, I don't ever want to go to a hellish place when I die. Next time, I want to go straight to you. What do I have to do? And he told me to be loving, kind, merciful, forgiving, encouraging, grateful. Yeah non-judgmental and useful and so that's my prayer every day and and to simplify it he said just be loving and kind 
If you did that yes. every day to every person, this whole world will turn around. And so mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, that is Jesus's message from 2000 years ago, but it still holds true. Love God, love your neighbor. It's just that simple. I know God is awful. He can do anything and everything. But how does he fit everybody into heaven? Yeah, well, that's why he recycles. <laughs> I had that same question when I was younger, a little kid. I thought, oh, my gosh, I'll never find anybody up there. But uh, <laughs> heaven is an immense heaven. I mean, earth is so little. Earth is so little, and uh, heaven is so huge. Uh and we can't even imagine it. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a little ant looking at us and saying, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, uh, we can't even imagine how wonderful and, and huge. And, uh, yeah, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. And that's that's for sure the, the mm-hmm. wonders that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Do you walk when you were in heaven? Were you walking in heaven or were you just floating through? Well, I, well, I was in hell. I was slugging through, but when I was in heaven, it just felt it felt light. I just felt light, but I never looked down at my feet. I didn't think about it. I was just there, you know. I, it's it's so weird. And and so when I got back, when they sent me back, and and it for the longest time, you know, that's a shock um, to have something like that happen. And um, I mean, if it's all good, it's a shock one way, but it's there was a lot of bad stuff I went through and I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, what is this? What is that about? And it took mm-hmm. me a long time to realize that, uh, that I had made my own hell and, um, and that I had to tell people to stop doing that. You don't have to mm-hmm. do that. So um, that's why I was sent back and that's why I had the experience. And that's why I called it a blessing now. It's a blessing mm-hmm. that I was able to realize that. And uh, mm-hmm. if I can stop, one, two, or three people from having that experience, or a hundred, or a thousand. I, I that's what I'm here for. I just to give you peace around that 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 yeah. God loves you unconditionally. Let me let me go back to what you were saying a while ago, earlier about the organization. What is it again? I N, I N. Yeah, I N. Okay. Uh huh. Would it be possible to have them or have you have call? Can we invite them to our to our show? That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah, there's there's whew, there's a there's a whole bunch of people that run it. You know, they're volunteers and stuff. But um, mm. if you want to get on IONS, you can get different people. Uh, like I'm a member of IONS, and uh, there's thousands of them. But there's so so many. I could give you a list of people if you want to after the show that are speakers that would love to come on your show, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk about it. Okay. Time's running out. Let me, let me, let me give the, uh, the time, not the time, but the phone numbers for anyone who wants to listen. Call them. Well, call the numbers. Okay. 215-605-9812. Listeners, if you're listening, feel free to call in. We will Stop with this. This will continue on the road. So take a note of this number, save it, keep it on your wall, keep it in your 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 bedroom or wherever you want to keep it, your kitchen, on your refrigerator. But keep this number. 
515-605-9812. Kathy has opened the doors for me and I'm sure for, for our audience too. So by all means, keep that number, 515-605-9812. There's no cash involved. Just be willing mm-hmm. to participate in comments or questions. Ooh, Kathy, you know something? <laughs> this is not the last time I'm going to hear you or talk with you or invite you. You're invited with the doors open anytime. Anytime. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime you want to just give me a call. Um, yeah. I want to I bring one more point up while we're waiting for calls. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. another reason I was uh, asking, you know, uh, these other people in IONS, well, what's the reason for people who, you know, uh, come, come down here and they become alcoholics or they're homeless? Are you, you, you mean they chose that life? And Uh, The answer to that is uh, that's a very selfless thing for a soul to do, to come down and put themselves in a position like that. But they do that so that we will have the opportunity to learn charity, kindness, uh, gratitude, all things. We can help these people, and that makes us, gives us an opportunity. Um, They were saying, I said, well, if there was no evil in the world, if there was no conflict, there would be no opportunity for us to be brave or to be uh, giving. Uh, we we need that contrast. If we were all perfect on this earth, what's the point? Um, you know, we learn things here, and we need to learn. So we need to be grateful to people instead of judge them. It's, it's a big deal. Uh, we are not to judge other people because God does not judge us. Um, so when we see somebody in that situation, instead of saying, oh, why didn't they get a job or whatever, I, you yeah. know, give them a smile. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to give them money, say, just say mm-hmm. hi or uh, good morning. Make, let people feel seen. That's when I, I learned that in the hospital, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was a physical wreck and people averted their eyes. I was so mm-hmm. ugly and scary. And I learn in that wheelchair that how awful that is to feel invisible. And so I make it a point of saying something to people in wheelchairs or uh, even homeless people that I walk by. If they catch my eye, I'll just say hi or good morning. And that's just a kindness. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything, but can make a big difference in somebody else's life. And it's it's saying thank you for for stuff for sacrificing yourself in this incarnation so that you could allow me to be kind. You were talking about a West Indian culture that we have here in the Virgin Islands, in fact, for the for the Caribbean. You don't have to be a friend. You don't have to be a stranger, but you do have to, by our culture, say hello to everyone. So you go. I go into mm-hmm. the hospital. I go home to go every. And I mean, I know who'd say, but I say good morning. People would respond good morning, but we're not going to yes. hold a conversation. But we just say greetings right. to each other. And yeah, when I was in in the college and in the Air Force, I came across so many people who responded in a negative way because they were shocked when I say hi to them. Mm-hmm. You know me. <laughs> and I'm a yeah. little black boy, white folks. Hi, hello, good morning, good afternoon, and it. 
right. it talked to me for a while because I was just away for college for the first time. And I grew up right. in a fundamentally black community. But uh, uh-huh. that's what we're saying, that love each other. It doesn't mean we have to go out and buy everything for them and drive them around. No, no, no. Just no. be no. considerate of others and be considerate of yeah. others in, in, in the simple little things that we do. Exactly. Right. Just be neighborly. Yeah, just be neighborly, neighborly. to everybody. Yes. Okay. I want to do something else, too, that I learned when I was younger, and it ties in with what you're saying. I grew up here in the Virgin Islands, and we went to the Saturday matinee. And then, uh, of course, in the Saturday matinees, there'd be a lot of Westerns. There's always Roy yeah. Rogers and the Hebrews. <laughs> but was, and as, as I grew up older, I thought the bad guys were killed in the in the shows. <laughs> that's how, that's right. how it was as a kid. But I came to realize there were some of those actors who played a persistent and consistent life as the bad guy. And I mm-hmm. said, listen, why do you want to do that? And the answer came to me. Mm-hmm. If they were the bad guys, there wouldn't be any story. Right. <laughs> be, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. just how yeah. life is. You know, we've got to yeah. have challenges. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh. You know what? You also learn empathy whenever something, mm-hmm. you know, quote, unquote, bad happens to you. Mm-hmm. That lets you feel how it feels like when I lost my baby. I, I really mm-hmm. could be empathetic then with other people who have lost their children. Uh, that's different than being sympathetic. Sympathetic says, oh, I'm sorry. And empathetic says, I know how you feel. And I'm sorry. Taking a step further. Yes, I've done this uh, teaching in the university. You're right what you said. Sympathetic is all sympathy, just on the, on the surface. Empathy is when mm-hmm. we not only say, I, I understand what you're going through. What can I do to help you? We may not use it in words. Right. Do it in in action. So that's where empathy comes right. in the difference. Yeah, some right. people. Oh, I, I pray for you. Well, I find myself. I yeah. say that too. But do I really do it? Only uh, when I force myself to do it. Yeah, I do have to. I do have to confess. Because mm. <laughs> I fall into well, that. Well, we. That's all right. As long as we're aware, and then we try a little harder mm. next time. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Well, 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 interested, interested. We're having churches, I don't <laughs> No, we're not. We're having on this earth and what God has done for us and is doing for us. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So I would continue calling him a perfect parent because he does everything yes. for us. Yes. Yes. He loves us no matter what. No matter what, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, some other oh, yeah. I'll go ahead and ask you a few questions, and it will we'll wrap things up. But the door is always open for you okay. to come back. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So let's see. In the process of getting your book, how did you go about it? Oh, let me back a little bit. I know you have a experience of coming back on Earth. You also were you were working as a author putting together a book that alone is a big journey how did that work for you how did you work it out um 
when I first came back, I was so overwhelmed with it. I've always been a writer as a child, even. I just like to write stories. I, I thought if I could just write this out on paper, that it would go away like a bad dream. But yeah. it didn't. So I kept writing and rewriting and rewriting. And I, I would throw all these papers in a box. And I, I would, when I moved, I'd take that box and I'd take it with me and I'd put more paper in it. So it took 20 years uh, to almost 21 years for me to be at one of my IONS conferences. And mm-hmm. a lady was uh, through a, put a flyer in my face saying, hey, don't you have to write a book? I'm a publisher. I need my first client. And I said, uh, no. She says, are you sure? And I said, well, I'll take the flyer. But when I got home, I just threw it in a drawer. And then I kept like burning a hole in my drawer. And I kept going. To, finally, I, I called her up and I says, oh, all right. And so anyway, uh, she, uh, she and I, you know, worked together. And it took, uh, took quite a long time uh, for me to do it. She told me how many words I had to write and, and then she kept upping it. You know, first it was 10,000 <laughs> words and then it was 20,000 words. And I thought I was just going to write just that little bit about the hell story, as I called it. Yeah. She says, no, I got to know what you were like before and what, you know, what were your after effects? Did it change you? And, and um, so I found that I actually started getting this inspiration from my deceased relatives. They started wow. telling me stories when I was sitting at the typewriter about my great-grandmother and father on both my parents' side. I, I just, I, so that's why my book's called A Memoir. Mm-hmm. It's what I remember. It's not a biography, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. fact. It's what I remember as a child and all that. So it became fun. I, I couldn't wait to sit down and, and have these stories start popping into my head. So it, it, um, it, it turned out to be really cool, and then my dad, like I was talking about, was in World War II, and uh, he had never wanted to talk about it. He got shot down on the Philippines and, and uh, crash-landed and landed upside down in a war zone, and he was an atheist, and he told God, if you're out there, you save me, and I'll, I'll make sure my family becomes Catholics. Well, uh, as a miracle, these Marines came running out of the jungle, and and cut him out of the plane and uh, drug him into the jungle. And, and so when he got home, you know, bingo, uh, it was before us kids came along, but we were all Catholics because of that. But he had this wonderful story, and he, and, uh, he was 96, and he was saying, you know, I, one of the great regrets I have is I never got to get this story published. He says, you know, all the, the World War II vets are dying, and I, I always wanted this to be published. I says, just write it out for me, Dad. Write it out. And he says, why? And I says, because I'm going to put it as the first chapter of my book. Oh, no. So he got, he lived long enough to see it published. And I got a cute picture of him holding the book. And uh, that was, uh, you know, that was in June. And he passed away in in January. So that was a, that was a neat thing to happen. Yeah, it is. Did you uh, put your book into uh, ebook format? Yes, it's a Kindle book too. So if you go on uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble and who else? The in, let's see, Ingram Spark, 
but mostly people go to Amazon, I think. But yeah, yeah. you can get the book or you can get the um, Kindle book or the ebook. And someday mm-hmm. I hope to do it uh, in a in an audio book. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I I think I can't read it because I start to cry. So yeah. I have to. I have to find somebody that I like that that would do it justice, and and I just haven't had time to do that yet. Could go check out my. You could find people there who can do it, and if you, I come across people from time to time, so let me know, and I'll I'll let you know too. Okay, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. It has to be a lady. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want some guy with a big old dark and out deep voice trying to say my, you know, talk about me. Who many I wanted to go to? Um, do you plan to do another book? No, <laughs> of course I said that before. I, I do still write some stories. Things come to me, and I just write them down and put them in a little file on my in my on my computer desk that says another yeah. book question mark. <laughs> so okay. if, if uh, you know, if I'm supposed to write another book, I will, but I'm, I'm now 74 years old. And so uh, it, uh, it takes a lot, a lot of work. And, and that's, that's not all. I mean, you're not done once you write the book. Now you got to get it published yeah. and then you've got to promote yeah. it. And that's where yeah. all the work comes in. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, I've I've uh, promised that I would give half of what I make to the homeless shelters uh, here at the Catholic Community <laughs> Services. So, um, uh, yeah, I that's just because I'm not in this to make money. I don't need that sort of thing. I'm I'm comfortable and but I I am I was ordered <laughs> to come down and do yeah. a bunch of stuff and uh I'm doing it cuz I want to go home <laughs> cuz when I get it all done I get to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do what daddy says to do you get to go home. <laughs> oh, it sounds like so much fun. My I've got so many mm-hmm. people now waiting for me on the other side it's going to be a party mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah, what I'm sure I'll see you there too because we would not have we would not be here right now if we didn't know mm-hmm. each other in heaven, I believe. You know, we, we planned, you know, just to have a little brief time together, and we did it. Mm-hmm. Despite, Isn't that fun? Despite, yeah, I know. Despite the problem we had before, there we are. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I know. That's that's just typical uh, of having uh, ND ears on. They mess up the energy. Yes. Happens yeah. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, look for look look into. We'll talk about it in a minute about looking into more people to come. They'd love to be on your show, I'm sure. Sure, by all means, yes. You've talked to me mm-hmm. more ways than one. I thought I was going to talk to an author, and I come to realize I give to a person who has come back home to get back home. Yeah. Because yeah. You came back home to get back home. <laughs> And that's the way I'll yeah. put it. Because, yeah. Okay. We all need to do. We're home. Yeah. Physically to get home spiritually. Spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it yeah. life is very short compared to eternity. Yeah. So when you're feeling down, 
you know, just keep the faith and uh, you'll be there soon enough. Just get what you have to get done. Everybody's got yeah. stuff they promise to do on this earth. So uh, you can't do that by sitting sitting in front of a television all by yourself. You have to get yeah. out there and, and uh, help the poor and, and be a kind neighbor and uh, yeah, be a positive person on this yes. world. Kathy, I don't want to let you go, but on goes on. <laughs> right. I understand. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Oh, you're I welcome. Spend- back anytime, anytime at all. And yes, we will definitely Thank want you. to follow what to do after we get off the air. It's not be tonight. Okay. Just take it some other time. When you have a chance, just con- contact me. Folks, I okay, want to... Okay, sounds uh, good. Thank you to Kathy McDonald for taking the time to be here with us. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And and if they want the book, it's Misfit in Hell yes. to Heaven Expat. Yes. See, I, I, I forgot to talk about your book. <laughs> I got so carried away. Right. Yes. Your, books, <laughs> your book is on uh, Amazon plus other yeah. bookstores online. Yeah. Thank you very mm-hmm. much for taking the time. Oh, and if anybody can get all of y'all, that's more to you, definitely. So with that, okay. folks, keep that number in mind. Number is 515-605-9812. Give us a call anytime. That line is only active when we're on the line, when we're on the air. If we're not on the air, hold on until we are on the air. Look for us on Facebook. I put notices there. Sometimes I don't get it early enough, but nevertheless, it's there. So get a hold of me if you have questions, comments. If you want to be on the show, by all means, give us a ring-a-ding-ding or get all of us on Facebook. Kathy, thank you again. So long, so long, so long. And everyone, hold on to that number, and we will be here from time to time. Take care, Kathy. Thank you. You're welcome. We're welcome. We'll be in touch. Bye-bye. So long, everybody. Bye.